broken off and get us down some way simple some profound but I Hey, Broadway Christian Church. I hope you're well today. Uh, we are on today with another conversation with some of our uh, brothers and a sister from Broadway Christian um, to talk a bit more about uh, the pandemic situation that we are in and how that's affected us and our thoughts about that. And um, so really grateful that uh, Matt Jones and Bill Ragel and Jamie Combs have joined us. And uh, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll, we'll just, we'll dive right in. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we, we thank you for your, your presence with us. And right now we want to um, open space for your spirit to speak to us, open space for, for Jesus to be Lord over our lives and over our church. So I, I pray you would speak through Matt and Bill and Jamie and through myself, uh, speak to your people and encourage us uh, during this time. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, so Matt, you are in the top left-hand corner, which means that you go first. It's like Hollywood Squares or something. I don't know. But uh, so, Matt, um, question I want to ask is, in in some of the more difficult days or days you've had the toughest time during the last couple of months, what have been some of your thoughts about the pandemic? And then on the flip side, um, what have you learned, or what in your more hopeful moments or the the days that have been going well during this time? Um, what have you been hopeful about during this time? So, Matt? Um, something I learned is um, was about pride. Um, I've been um, paying attention to a variety of different sources to try to find out um, what's going on. I don't just watch the news. on. I rarely watch news on TV anymore, so I'm trying to find a lot of different sources. And um, um, I, I had a sense, um, my opinion was just that the whole situation was not really as bad as it was promoted to be. Um, so uh, when I'm at work, I wear my mask, it's required by my employer. When I'm at home, I don't. If I'm outside, um, I'm not near anybody in my yard, so I don't wear a mask. Um, but. Uh, so trying to make long story short was, um, I wanted to go to an event where there'd be some other people and, uh, either they or some of their family members, uh, were very adamant that everybody should be wearing masks. Um, and I didn't want to. <laughs> so, um, one thing I said was, well, I don't want to be controlled by these other people. So, um, Maybe I would rather just not go. Um, and so there were various opinions floating around about um, how a disgusting attitude that was to skip out on an event because I didn't want to comply. Um, so after discussing with some different people later after the fact, I did end up missing it. Some people just told me not to go. Um, after discussing it, uh, I came around to thinking, um, you know, it really is just a mask. And if, if doing something like that is going to make them feel more comfortable, um, then I could have helped them out to feel more comfortable. Um, 
I have a lot of other thoughts that I probably don't need to go into, but um, I, I felt like I needed to put some of my own uh, my own preferences aside to help some other people. Um, so that was a big thing. Yeah. So you had like very specific moment where something came to head and it was causing some relational problems and whatever relationships those were. So that's, that's hard, man. Yeah, it was, it was the, uh, the single toughest day I've had probably in years. Yeah. Um, and it seems to have passed now, but okay. you know, um, as far as good things, um, I've really enjoyed uh, watching the Broadway service uh, on our devices at home. Mm. I'm glad that's been um, uh, a solid service that's already been provided. Uh, my son Asa uh, doesn't usually come to church. Uh, I had a really hard time years ago trying to get him to participate. Um, he has uh, a couple diagnoses with anxiety and some other things that make it really difficult for him to sit still or to be um, in one place for one time, and he has a lot of social anxiety as well. So being in a crowd of people just um, is almost unbearable, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and he just doesn't want to be there. Um, so having that, uh, being able to go to church as a family just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but I found that when I'm home and we have the service on, on the TV, uh, then he will participate and he puts everything else down. And huh. it, it's just been great to have um, all of us together, together doing, yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Matt, could you just say a little bit more about you? You talked about really feeling like on the front end of things that you were really suspicious of whether or not this is going to be as, as bad as it was said. And, you've been concerned about this particular group of people feeling controlled by them. I presume that that carried over into just your thoughts about the government or maybe even, you know, other leaders in our society kind of controlling us. Would you be willing to say a bit more about that feeling that you had of, even though you realize in that moment, you probably should have done it. That's still, I think a feeling that a lot of us are concerned about. And so can you, can you say a bit more about, about that and what's going on in you that, kind of resist that. I think in some ways, very rightfully so, even if in that moment you maybe realize you should have complied or whatever, but can you say more about that? Yeah. Um, I think, um, well, first I have to say, uh, don't get your news from Facebook. Don't get your news from Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, if you see an article or something that's posted, uh, Somebody should say, where did you get this? Is this a reputable news source? Uh, back years ago on Facebook, um, I read a couple stories like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. I wonder what, what that's about, what's going on here. And you come to find out it's really just a parody news site mm -hmm. that is just making up things for entertainment. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been reading a lot of different things and trying to approach them with a optimistically skeptical viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So I want to verify, uh, this looks interesting. Uh, does it make sense? Can I really verify the source? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I just, over time, I started to notice that there were a lot of inconsistencies in things that were being said and in different behaviors. 
Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to inflame or name names or anything, but we would see months ago that nobody was talking about masks. And then there was the big flip where um, it was super important for everybody to wear a mask for the protection of others around you. And, um, and then there was even maybe a sense of shaming people if they didn't comply. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just really suspect to me. Mm -hmm. um, and if somebody has done some kind of comprehensive study uh, in a clinical setting with physicians and, and people who do this kind of thing, and they can show me, well, um, we did this research and we found out that wearing masks is going to prevent more spread of the virus. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, well, that's great. Let's, let's do it. But there just are too many um, conflicting stories. Mm -hmm. And when you have politicians and governors who want to tell you um, or start to very specifically call out specific medications that they're going to ban. Um, if, you know, doctors, you're not allowed to use this particular medication because of some study that was done. And uh, that particular study, come to find out uh, several months later after the damage is done, that uh, that study had never been peer-reviewed. And the article where it was published <clears throat> in The Lancet uh, was retracted because nobody could verify the information from the original database. So it's those kind of things that just make me really skeptical. And a neighbor even said, so Matt, are you some kind of conspiracy theorist now? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of leaning that way with these things that just don't line up. They don't make mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why do we have such hard interference? And yeah. why does one group say one thing and the other group says another thing and they're totally conflicting and they seem to be down particular lines. So um, if yeah. I really go out on a limb, it, in some ways it feels like um, some things have been uh, planned ahead of time uh, or maybe it was just fortuitous that something happened and we're now gonna use this situation to achieve our agenda if you want to just you know get the yeah. reader's digest version yeah so um and the uh the carryover effect of that is that you know people don't want to talk about it um i have felt like um people don't want to discuss this topic or um i feel like i don't want to say anything because people are going to have a negative view of me i've already gotten secondhand reports of people saying like well, um, why would he act like that? You know, is he crazy? You know, what's going on? Why would he put people at risk like that? And, you know, to say that I'm putting somebody at risk because of my choice or because I don't want to wear a mask and I happen to be three feet away from you instead of six feet away from you. Um, I'm not a murderer because I'm standing uh, three feet away from you instead of six feet because of potential spread of the virus. You know, I think that kind of, implication is a little bit too much um, so there's been some of that and it's been difficult and I I haven't always wanted to talk about it because I feel like some people um, who I'll just say are on the other side of a number of issues they feel very free to um, speak their mind 
and to say, uh, say their opinions and just throw something out. Um, but if I were to do that, uh, you know, it's difficult to have a conversation and, yeah. you know, I shouldn't say those kind of things or, yeah. um, I can't believe you have that stance. And then once they run out of, um, real conversation and, and, uh, making a point with some kind of support, um, it always dives down into insults and, and personal attacks. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just have remained silent and, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't, but I don't always want to. People, yeah. Sure, sure. People don't always want to discuss them. Sure, yeah. All right, Matt. Thanks for opening up, bro. Appreciate that. So, Bill, you're next. Can you share me share with us some of where you've been during this time? Being here. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> okay, I I, uh, I I thought of this as a challenge into uh, my uh, spiritual battle with um forces of evil mm. and i believe that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principality powers and rulers of darkness of this present uh age or world and so one of the things that i uh, did right away is to begin to court um into the heavenlies uh by speaking into the uh the spiritual realm the word of god to attack the principalities and powers that I think are trying to influence um, the world around us. And I felt that uh, the coronavirus um, and all that's happened to it and the confusion actually that, that is caused by it, as Matt has uh, been saying, is, is actually part of a uh, possible uh, spiritual um, attack or reality that is upon uh, America. And so I, I always felt that uh, this is something that we fight uh, through prayer and through, um, and as many people are doing all over the place mm -hmm. where they're having prayer meetings and so forth. Um, so I think there must be some agreement there or they wouldn't sure. be doing that. And, uh, and the reality that uh, this is not, uh, would not be the will of God upon the earth, upon our country, but it was something that we can rise up against as individual Christians. Mm -hmm. So that's the uh, thing that rose up in me, mm -hmm. that's something I needed to, uh, to do. So my wife and I did uh, various things, but one of the things that we do is uh, we take communion every uh, evening before we go to bed to claim the victory of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ mm. over the uh, curse that's upon the earth. Mm. Because uh, Romans said that uh, in Romans chapter 8, that we're no longer under the uh, law of sin and death, but we are now under the law of life in Christ Jesus. He also said that he came, that uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which uh, certainly has been happening through all this. But he's come that we might have life and have it abundantly. Speaking of the word life, there is the Zoe life of God, which is the, the life of God within us. Mm. And so that's, that's the way we do it. And we, we claim the body and blood for our own health and for those that are 
in our family and around us, so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the attack or, or the concept that I rose up with right away mm-hmm. as far as this. I, I fear no uh, fear for myself or a family. Um, we're not afraid. We haven't been afraid to go out. Uh, we, we don't uh, abuse our rights and what people are guiding us to do. We stay the social disc- distance. We use the mask where we uh, are asked to do so and so forth. So it's not that we're doing that, but we, we instead um, take the angle that this is something that we can fight spiritually in our lives. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that you, about you, Bill, the way that you see uh, the spiritual world intersecting with our life and that um, our daily life needs to be lived in, in an awareness of that and in, um, and in prayer because of that. So it's, I'm unsurprised that that's been, that's the way you've responded to this. So thank you for that, that example. Okay. Have you had any, you've said a little bit about this, but what are you hopeful about during this time um, for yourself or for the life of the church? Uh, The life of the church, of course, um, we that are 65 and older, you know, and I know that it's been asked in every situation that we stay um, uh, away from uh, exposure and so forth. And that the elders of the church and so forth have been um, thorough into uh, applying that, which I don't uh, uh, condemn at all. But I do think that um, we as a group uh, were losing fellowship with each other. We needed that fellowship of belonging uh, to the church and with the church. And I think Jeff expressed that uh, very well last mm-hmm. week when. Yeah. Said that that uh, this was something, especially we that are older, you know, uh, that uh, uh, we we couldn't participate in the life of the church because of society recommending that to mm-hmm. us, the doctors mm-hmm. and so forth. That uh, we're all listening to at this time, yeah. and then we find that it's not always that they're sometimes as much confused as we are. Sure, as Matt, Matt was sort of saying there. Yeah, thanks, Bill. I do appreciate the church, though, um, uh, bending uh, when people came and expressed their feelings and changing their policy uh, so that, and of course, things are opening up also, sure. but so that we could come in and we will be having our, we had a Sunday school uh, class together, uh, not really a class, but a, a meeting together uh, last weekend. And now we'll be able to come back and have our class in the church, you know, at 8.30, like we always have yeah. been doing. And yeah. I appreciate that uh, that's been opened up to us again. Yeah, Bill. Thanks. Jamie, you are in healthcare, and so you come with a different perspective altogether, too. So um, make sure you're unmuted here. All right. Uh, there we go. Awesome. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can. Okay. All right, so I am in healthcare, and I guess to start off with um, where I was at the beginning of this entire thing, um, I had about four different part-time jobs, one including the receptionist at Broadway, and three were um, different contracts for music therapy. 
And I work primarily in hospice um, with people in nursing homes and also in their own personal homes. Um, and come March, we were not allowed anymore to travel to nursing homes or um, individual homes. So that was really, really tough for me. Um, and honestly, I'm someone who already struggles with mental health on a regular basis. Um, and I'm sure my husband will vouch for this. I was terrified. I, in the beginning for the first two weeks, I was convinced that I was going to die. Like, so mm -hmm. I was terrified. Um, and I was one of the first ones, even in our young adults group that said I was not going to go. I would, I refused to leave the house and I refused to work and all that stuff. And, um, so for me, um, fear really kind of ruled the first two months and then, or the first two weeks. And then after the first two weeks, I really, um, felt like I needed to do something. Um, and at that time I was called, um, by a nursing home to, to provide extra support in house, um, which was really surprising and different than what I've ever done before. Um, and I'm also high risk. So I was a little bit worried at the time, um, about what that would look like. Um, but overall, like with looking back on how everything has happened, um, the past couple of months, um, I can really see God's hand in everything, um, with how he's like patched things together, even over the past couple of years with, um, me leaving Broadway as a receptionist and, um, over the past couple of years, me trying to figure out like what I wanted to do, um, for other work. Um, so that's, that's really interesting how that's all turned out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, good, Jamie. Thank you for for being vulnerable in that and sharing with us how you're feeling those first couple of weeks. That's um, to really just appreciate your, your vulnerability there for us. Thank you. Matt, can you, um, can you share a bit about your thoughts about, you know, the decisions the elders have made along the way and um, how that's affected you, how that's affected your family, that kind of thing. Um. <clears throat> Well, in some ways, um, my wife even said, as far as all the closings go, that it hadn't affected us too much. I, I was still able to work since I'm in data and healthcare, and um, the kids have been homeschooled for a while, so having to be at home was just part of the routine. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the elders' decisions, um, I was a little disappointed at first that, that everything was going to be closing down, partly because of my um, my perspective on um, what I felt about the severity of the situation and um, I thought no why why would we just close uh, there are businesses like Walmart that have never closed you go into Walmart um, you're only in there for a while you're not sharing the same air for a couple hours it's a different situation but it just felt like why, why is that okay but it's not okay for me to go to church. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a little bit of frustration and especially with uh, telling uh, the older adults and the kids that like, sorry, you can't come. Mm -hmm. Like if they show up at the door, we'll have to turn them away. I'm like, why are we turning people away? Aren't, aren't we the church? Mm -hmm. um, and as, as uh, I asked more questions and found out more, I, felt better about all of that, that 
that we do need to be doing as much as we can uh, to protect people and for kids that just can't sit still and uh, won't be able to deal with uh, the distancing. Um, I can see how that'd be a difficult situation. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Bill, you've, you've talked a little bit about this already, but do you have anything else to add about just the way our church has responded during this time? Um, I, I was a, a lot in agreement with uh, Jeff's area, I, wanting to be in, in the fellowship. also believe that, uh, as he said, the church is a body of Christ and that um, he is um, preeminent and therefore uh, his people are in the position to um, fight the battles, like I was saying, working against it, and that uh, it'd been, um, uh, you know, really good to have us be able to get together uh, more than it was. But I know you guys offered the Tuesday night and uh, the Zoom uh, prayer meetings and everything like that, and I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That's good. So I don't think we were left out, you know, like that. But sure. I, I just like the physical uh, mix of being with people like yeah. that. One of the things that uh, we do, and I try to keep in contact, when you can keep in contact and perceive the feelings of people, it's easy to work and minister with them. I think that was taken away from it. I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of it was... Um, an attack against the church, as I was saying, as well as other um, institutions that that uh, belong in America, and the freedom of speech and the freedom of together, together, and so forth, and that that was being uh, taken away from us. And uh, you know, it's just one of the things that uh, I see coming back. I, I really see answers to our prayers. Mm -hmm. I see the. Uh, down grading of the um, evaluation of what the coronavirus would do to us. I see that, and I see that as a, actually an answer to prayer. The people have mm -hmm. gathered together and prayed against it. Okay, yeah, the, the, the answer to prayer is that peace has come upon the situation. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, uh, you know, is a thing of the people of God gathering together, just let, think of all the prayer uh, circumstances that are across the country, across the city. And I see this already, that peace has settled into the situation, and now we're talking and trying to solve a problem that has been around for a while, mm. that, uh, that we can maybe together, mm. and not uh, in disunity, but in unity, try try to talk about it and see if there can be some answers. Yeah, I think that uh, the spirit of God, it's the spirit of peace, and when we uh, ask Him to move into a situation, He does, and He does change uh, mm. the atmosphere in the mm. spiritual realm around it that settles things down. So that's so, what I was thinking. I love that. So you're suggesting that we've. Let's recognize that as the church prayed, we don't know all that happens in the spiritual realm and all that's happened behind the scenes here, but let's recognize that this virus did not, was not as bad as we thought it would be. And let's give God right praise for that. 
I, I do. Praise the Lord. That's right. And then let's also then we have this other situation right now with the the racial strife that's going on. And let's begin to pray about that in that direction with a similar fervor and hope that we did for the virus. I, I entirely, and I think it's a, it's being done. And um, I've heard prophetic uh, words spoken actually many, many years ago that this um, attack of a virus and everything would lead to a spiritual awakening in America. And I should, I think that we should pray that way, that God would move when people are wondering and confused and don't have the answers anymore as they thought they did, that this thing that has come upon them, that God is the answer, and that we should speak into the situation in people's lives when we can, and that there can be an awakening again here in America and actually across the world as we um, are, pay attention to this that we you know, have the responsibility to, um, because Jesus is the answer and Jesus is within us, to go out and uh, when we have a chance to speak in a pleasant, uh, correct way, not as a challenge to people, yeah. but in a way that will bring peace to their hearts and to the situations that are happening. May it be so. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Jamie, yeah. your thoughts on the church, how the elders and our church has responded in this season? Um, okay, so for me, um, I know when this first started, we had just, um, we were about to have a talent show. Um, and I was actually really surprised that we still had it. And that Sunday was when the governor stated, you know, church is canceled. <laughs> well, not church is canceled, but you know, you can't go um, and congregate at church. Um, and for me, I was... Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous that there was a potential that we were still going to stay open, um, just because, again, like, I was really scared. Um, and I understand the difficult decisions right now, especially when there are no, um, concrete ideas of what's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and as someone, again, who works in healthcare, um, even now, um, we are preparing already for the second wave. Um, it's something that we have talked about um, nonstop. It's something that I don't think we'll ever really stop talking about until there is a vaccine that's um, effective. Um, actually, I'm getting my COVID test on Monday. So that's happening and that's being required now and probably going to be required for more places as well, not just in nursing homes. Um, so, and for me, I think it's a little bit different because I, I was on staff. So, you know, Broadway was a building to me. And honestly, for me, I um, have stronger ties with my small groups and with my young adults group. And so it wasn't really that big of a deal for me to not um, come on Sundays. Um, and this is, you know, coming from somebody who was there like six days a week. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a break even. Um, and I think also it's coming from a different non, I guess, Midwestern perspective because um, a lot of the churches I grew up in were people's houses, um, mountaintops, you know, not in physical buildings. And it was definitely more about the small groups and the intentional smaller um, community that, mm -hmm. that we were trying to build um, mm -hmm. in different areas. Um, so I kind of had a different perspective about that. Um, 
And so you I, saw you saw some opportunity there for yeah. for those to get stronger, mm -hmm. and that's some of what I've oh, talked yeah, about. Oh yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, and I know within our small group we were kind of struggling, you know, before COVID, um, because we had new people. Um, it was um, at least in the young adults group, you know, it was inconsistent with attendance. Um, we had no clear vision of where we wanted, and all of a sudden COVID hit, and it was all you know, always like, when are we going to hang out next? When are we going to have a video call? When are we going to do this? And it was just that need for community that um, really this brought about that has um, strengthened our community um, that we didn't have before. So that was, that was cool to see. Good. Good. Well, friends, this has been great. Um, three very different perspectives on what's going on. And this is exactly what we were hoping for in these conversations. Um, does anyone have a last thing they want to say before we, before we sign off? Any last final word from anybody? Matt? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought of this now that um, this reminds me of uh, when Jesus was riding in the boat with the disciples and there was a storm around them. Uh, there's always going to be one more thing. There's always going to be one more war, one more virus, um, one more uh, racial problem, one more uh, political unrest. But all these things are going to come and go. Mm -hmm. And Jesus asked us to keep our eyes on him and ignore the storm. Um, and I feel like uh, we've really all been pushed in different ways. And um, regardless of what's going on around us, we need to keep our eyes on him. Yeah. We will definitely let that be the last word, Matt. Good word. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, Bill, Matt, thanks so much for your, your vulnerability, your honesty, your thoughtfulness in this. This has been a great conversation. And um, Broadway, we hope that this has been helpful for you. And, uh, and just, uh, just know that your leaders continue to, to listen and want to be um, uh, making sure that we are shepherding this group of people through this uh, very unique season in, in history. And I ask for you to continue to pray for us and uh, ask for God's wisdom for us. But uh, thanks for listening in and peace to you today, brother.